Happy Mom Monday. This is a podcast and community of real life motherhood, the amazing mom moments, and the times you get slapped in the face by motherhood. We are best friends. Our toddlers are running the show. It's Mom Slapped. Happy Monday. We hope you enjoyed your weekend and are ready to kick off the week here at Mom Slapped. Let's start off with our check-in. Sarah, how are you doing? You know, I've been kind of in a funk this week. It's just been weirdly stressful. The weather's been kind of crazy. We've had a lot of stuff going on with family, friends, and different relationships. And it's just been a little kind of a weird week. How about you? Yep, it's also been a weird week. Just lots of emotions. I know I'm PMSing, so that's part of it. (laughs) Um, But yeah, we had like three days of sun and it was gorgeous and just exciting. And then it went into rain. And I think that shift and that tiredness just really swept me up. And it was really a struggle this week. But, you know, this weekend has been really nice so far. And I'm just... It's been a mom week for sure, but that's okay. We're here right now and that's exciting. So we're ready. It is. Now, as we mentioned to you all last week, today we're going to be sharing our birth stories. Since we know that birth can be a traumatic experience for some people, this is your official trigger warning. If hearing birth stories isn't your thing, we totally understand. Please join us again next week. And for those of you who have given birth before, please join us in reminiscing on literally the coolest, most awesome thing your body can do. And for those of you who may be pregnant or will give birth soon and want to hear the nitty gritty real life details of the miraculous push of life, this is for you. Specifically to those expecting mamas, we want to say you are strong, you are powerful, and you are capable Giving birth is not easy, as you'll hear shortly, but you can do this. Your body was made to do this, and we hope this episode helps to demystify the experience for you. So, Kim, why don't you start us off by sharing your birth story? Oh, so much pressure. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so my birth story is really kind of simple until the actual push and the four days after. So I went into back labor on a Sunday night, a week after I was due. I was just in pain for probably 24 hours, not realizing that I was in labor. I just couldn't sit down. I couldn't get comfortable. I was just in a lot of pain. Then at two o'clock in the morning, my water broke. And I was like, oh my gosh, I was having labor that whole time. (laughs) You know, maybe not active labor, but man, I was in pain. So my water broke. We went to the hospital. And the thing I remember a lot of the time when I think about giving birth is just the amount of water. When I stood up from the initial uh, nurse (laughs) consultation, it was just everywhere. Oh, my God. I was so embarrassed. I was like, oh, my gosh, it's like a gallon of water just all over the floor. Yeah. And then we went into the labor room, into our hospital room. I had really intense contractions for about seven hours which they were piggyback contractions. So I never really got a break. And I was just bouncing on this ball for hours and hours and hours, waiting for my parents to come, waiting for my sister to get there. The contractions never stopped. They just got less painful. So on the monitor, it showed like little tiny contractions and then really big contractions. And that just happened until probably noon. So for like 10 hours, I was just in pain, dilated at like one or two just having contractions that whole time. So at noon, it got really bad. The OR was constantly doing C-sections, so I didn't have an anesthesiologist to come to give me an epidural. (laughs) Otherwise, I probably would have tried to get it a lot sooner. Finally, at like noon, 12.30, he finally got minutes or whatever it was to give me an epidural because at that point, 
I was laying on the bed, not being able to move because I was in so much pain. Like I couldn't get back to my ball and I was just like screaming and whimpering. And my mom tells me that at one point I was like hitting myself because I was in so much pain, like constantly pain, which is fine. I knew that was going to happen. I knew it was going to be really painful. I had the people around me to support me and to hold my hand around my back. But man, that epidural was real nice. <laughs> I did not think I was going to go that route. My plan was to have no meds, no nothing. But you can't control the way your baby sits. You can't control the way your body reacts to giving birth. And I'm just really grateful that I had a team of nurses and staff to be like, you know, you're doing a good job. And this does not mean you're doing a bad job. This is just what your body needs to help the process. And exactly. That, yes. And after the epidural, it was so nice. I remember smiling and laughing with my mom and just feeling so at peace and able to do the next process of pushing. <laughs> so um, <laughs> once I got the epidural, I went from a five to a 10 in about an hour, which is really fast. And so they were thinking like, oh my gosh, you like sprung up so fast. You'll be able to push her out in like 45 minutes. It'll be great. And that was such an optimistic view because it actually took three and a half hours of pushing to get her out. Um, <laughs> yes, which, <laughs> yeah. Um, they literally, she came out five minutes before they were going to do a C-section. Um, the first hour and a half was fine. I loved pushing. It was so empowering. Oh my gosh, it was amazing. I loved the feeling of being able to move her into where she needed to go and just have the control and that experience with myself and my nurse who was with us the whole entire time from like 7 a.m. till she was born and she just worked with me and we just did it we you know she was pretty much my birthing partner <laughs> so then about two hours in my doctor comes in and she's looking at stuff and she poked my hemorrhoid and burst it <laughs> which I did not know um but uh that was interesting. Um, she set me up on a couple different Middle Eastern kind of poses for pushing, which did not really support her getting through my pelvic area because she was stuck. And then finally, she told me, you know, we're going to have a C-section in about 40 minutes. So my nurse was like, you know what, let's just try. Let's just give it the best we can do for 40 minutes and we'll go from there. So finally, with 10 minutes to spare, my nurse said, just sit on the edge and I'll push your hips down and we'll just push really hard and do it. And so we pushed my, we sh shifted my hips and she literally almost came out on the floor. <laughs> they were like, stop. <sighs> and they got the doctors in and uh, she came out. That part was great. I mean, that pushing was just really fun and it it makes me feel so empowered. Like when I run or something, I'm like, I pushed out a baby. <laughs> like it was so amazing. It's such a cool feeling. And then the problems kind of started after that because pushing for three and a half hours was really cool, but it caused a lot of trauma to my body. So first thing was because I had been pushing so much, my placenta push was very intense and it came out in one push and there was a lot of blood. So I had a lot of blood loss. So much that I almost fainted after uh, recovery after a while when they tried to stand you up to go to the bathroom. I like fell into my nurse's arms and they're like, OK, no, we're just going to hook you up with, you know, the assistance and you're going to get fluids and we're going to keep checking on you. So I was actually in the hospital for four days. Um, I gave birth in like the 98th percent. So if you can imagine softballs. <laughs> as labias that was my body um i had like constant ice packs oh yes <sighs> sitting was a nightmare and i had to sit from side to side i couldn't hold i couldn't move my body to get up 
get up and go to her crib. So she constantly had to be on me or being held by someone so they could give her to me. There was one time where she was in her bed on like the second night, I think the first night maybe, and she cried. And I remember just reaching over so fast and moving my body so fast that I shouted. It hurt so much to move just like an inch to reach her. So my mom and sister were very amazing. And every night they did like shifts basically where they would stay with me all night long and help with Johnny Renee. Yeah. And after the second day, I started walking down the hall a little bit. We walked like 50 feet at a time. I finally got a shower on the third day. And my mom, she looked at me and she's like, I didn't even know your body could do that. Like looking at my lady part, she's like, I didn't know that was possible. That seems insane because they were swollen for probably six weeks I think I was on a donut for I think five weeks and they were intensely swollen for about six weeks it took almost two months for me to like sit down normally and then it's been a year and I still get a reoccurring hemorrhoid so my my lady parts really struggled with giving birth (laughs) which is fine (laughs) I'm fine with it Um, but it's something I did not know could happen or that I would ever think about. When you hear about birthing stories, you hear about C-sections or, you know, it coming out in 10 minutes or coming out in a couple hours. You don't hear about, you know, intensive swelling or the possibility of blood clots or having the mom to have to be in the hospital. That was kind of different too, was that we were in the hospital because of me, because they were worried about blood clots, because I couldn't walk, because my pain was so severe, all those kinds of things. Johnny Renee was healthy and just doing great. She latched really well. She was breastfeeding great. She was happy. She, yeah, she was a wonderful baby, but (laughs) mom over here couldn't walk or do anything for four days. So, (laughs) yes. So my birth story was a little unusual. Most doctors probably wouldn't let you push that harder that long. Or if they saw signs of that much swelling, they probably would have chosen a different alternative. And I'm fine with the the opportunity I got to push and to give her a life, you know, entrance vaginally. But yeah, looking back, the recovery of that was really traumatic and extensive. I would not hope that another mom would have to endure that much swelling because it really does affect your lady parts for a very long time. As soon as we got home on that fourth day, I this is not part of my birth story, but just something with a little extra tidbit. We got home and about five hours later, so we've just been through birth and the afterbirth and finally get home, finally get settled. And that night I'm feeding her and she turned blue. So we had to go back to the ER and stay there for another five hours to get her checked out and it turns out that she just forgot how to breathe and that happens sometimes and she was fine she did she was fine that's never happened again it was just one of those freak things but yeah that first week of birth after giving birth was just insane amazing literally I am never going to be so proud of anything I've done as giving birth it is the highlight of my physical and mental capabilities 100%. But there's definitely <laughs> some weird things that happen that I'm just like, oh my God, how did I do that? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's pretty much my birth story. It was fun. It was crazy. It was intensive, but it really, really showed me how strong I am physically and emotionally and how supportive my family is because they were there the whole time. They have stayed there 
with me this whole time. And I'm just really grateful for that journey and for that experience and for the cool daughter that I have now. (laughs) So yeah, I'm all like sweaty from just telling that story. Yeah, I remember in the week, like after you gave birth, because I, of course, gave birth five days before you, that we were just like constantly texting each other at all times of day and night because we were just constantly awake and we were so freaked out that like oh my god how do we take care of this little human being that we just got sent home with (laughs) i know i remember putting her in the car seat and they didn't really check her and i was like um no i need you to like check that she's in there okay i don't know what i'm doing okay like help (laughs) they just like looked at the straps and i'm like is that all you need to do i'm so terrified it's a funny story when we brought our car seat in to leave. The nurse was like, okay, it's time to put her in the car seat. And I was like, I asked the nurse, I'm like, do you know how to put her in the car seat? And the nurse was like, yes, I do. Do you? (laughs) And I was like, no, can you please show me? And he just laughed. It's so crazy. There's not like a handbook or any rules at all. Like you literally give birth and that's your person and you have to do everything you can to take care of them with no rules or guidelines except to keep them alive. yeah which is really hard that's a hard job especially after you just gave birth because giving birth is like running 10 marathons in a row it is so hard no kidding sarah (laughs) would you like to tell us your birth story sure um so as we've kind of touched on before i was due with my daughter claire on christmas but she decided to show up about three and a half weeks early We were only a couple of days from her being considered premature. My water broke at 4.30 in the morning. I remember very vividly, I like got up to go to the bathroom and all of a sudden this this gust of water came out of me and I was like, um, did I just pee myself? Like, that's weird. So I went into the bathroom and as Kim kind of mentioned, it just kept like coming out and it was just like so much water that I was like, oh my God. I think my water broke. So I shout for Peter, who's dead asleep. And I was like, Peter, I think my water broke. And he's immediately awake, (laughs) like just instantly awake. And he comes into the bathroom and he's like, are you sure? And I'm like, I'm pretty sure. Like, it's just coming out (laughs) and I'm not peeing. So this is what it has to be. And I ask him to go get the little card that we have on our fridge. That was for the, the phone number for the nurse's station that you're supposed to call to let them know that you're on your way in. Mm -hmm. And I call and I, you know, explain what's happening. And they're like, okay, you need to head to the hospital. It sounds like your water broke. We want you to get there as soon as possible. And I was just still so in shock that I asked, I was like, do I need to pack my hospital bag? And they're like, yes, you're not going to go home. You're going to have a baby. (laughs) But I was just so in shock. And because she was so early, like we had nothing packed yet. And we had like nothing. We had just gotten her rocking chair the night before. We still didn't have a bassinet or anything prepared at home. So it was just like, oh my God, okay, we're going to go do this. It was, it was a Wednesday. It was the middle of the week. And my husband's a choir teacher. He has a concert the next Monday. So now he is automatically going to miss the last three rehearsals before his concert because we're about to go have a baby. So he has to like quickly text his principal and be like, uh, Sarah's giving birth. I'm not going to be there today or tomorrow or the next day. <laughs> and so we like pack up our hospital bags and Peter asked me, he's like, can I take a shower? And I was like, no, we need to go to the hospital because I was so freaked out. I mean, turns out he totally had time to go take a shower. We, we could have waited for him to take a shower. Yeah. <laughs> And then we had to call Peter's parents who live in Illinois to come and take care of our dogs because we, my mom was supposed to get in on Friday and she was originally going to watch the, the dog while we were 
at the hospital, but of course she wasn't going to arrive for three more days. So we'd call Peter's parents to come watch our dog as you know, we're on our way to the hospital. And then once that was done, the rest of the drive to the hospital, I remember being just so quiet and Peter and I just holding hands and I'm just squeezing his hand. And inside I am terrified. Like, I don't actually think I've ever been that scared in my whole life. I mean, my whole pregnancy, I just remember birth was this huge, scary thing at the end that I knew I was going to have to do. And I didn't think I was going to be capable of doing it. I didn't believe in myself. It just seemed like such a scary thing. And so the whole way to the hospital in my head, I was just telling myself, exhale fear, inhale courage. And it was a quote that I had just seen, I think on Instagram a couple of days before that I had written down in my notebook that I wanted to remember when I was going to be giving birth. And who knew that it was going to be that soon? We arrived at the hospital even though I did not think I was going to be capable of giving birth and I was so scared, I did want to try to do it unmedicated. So I get to the hospital. They just immediately take us to a room. We don't go to like another room to get checked out first. They just take us to a birthing suite, have me change into, you know, the robe. You put on the mesh underwear because of course your water, once your water breaks, this is something that I didn't expect is they don't tell you that it continues to come out. Oh, yeah. Like the whole time you're giving birth, like your water doesn't just all come out at once. It's just anytime you move, Mm -hmm. it just gushes out. It was so uncomfortable. (laughs) And then, um, so I'm at the hospital and it's right before shift change. So the nurses that are checking me in, we got there at like 630. We're like, you know, we're not going to be your nurses for the day. The new nurses will be here in 30 minutes. We're going to have the midwife check you because I was using a midwife instead of an obstetrician. So the midwife who was on call came in, she checked me. I was dilated at like a two. I had had no contractions yet. I don't even know how my water broke. It just did probably because I carried with Peter our rocking chair upstairs the night before, which you're not supposed to do when you're 36 weeks pregnant. No heavy lifting. No, don't do it. It's not worth it. You'll go into labor early. One of our good friends out here is a labor and delivery nurse at the hospital we were delivering at. And in our original plan that we really wanted was we really wanted her to be our nurse. And so I'm texting her being like, oh my God, I'm in labor. Please tell me you're on call today. (laughs) Like you're going to be here today. And then 30 minutes later, she walked into our room and she was like, yep, I am on call today. I'll be your nurse. And because my contractions hadn't started yet, she was like, I want you to go walk up and down the hallways. She walked up and down the hallways with me. We did lunges up and down the hallway to try and get contractions started. They finally started, I think, 30 minutes after she joined us. So what, like 7.30? We just kept walking up and down the halls. Every time I'd have a contraction, I would stop and Peter would hold me and rub my back or I'd grab the wall. Then after they started to get really painful, we just went back to the room, tried bouncing on the ball. And then the the midwife who switched shifts came in and it ended up being my absolute favorite midwife. I was so happy. She was the one I wanted. I'd been praying so hard to God, like, please give me her as the person who helps me get through this birth experience. Like I need her, feel comfortable with her. Um, I just love her spirit. We clicked really well. And turns out my two favorite people were the ones going to help me deliver this baby. She came in. When I was going through contractions, she was telling me to like moan and make like deep noises. And I thought it was just hilarious. So I couldn't stop laughing, but it really actually did help. You just make like a deep guttural sound and your body just immediately starts to relax a little bit. And then I finally let Peter take a shower (laughs) and then the contractions really started to get bad. And I started to get back labors. I don't remember what that means, but she was, my daughter was facing a certain way and you could actually feel her head through my back. Mm -hmm. Every time I had a contraction, it felt like my back was being split in half. 
And so they put me in the like whirlpool jacuzzi tub. Our nurse Megan was massaging my back. Peter was massaging my back. They had this like water sprayer they were spraying on me. And in the middle of one contraction, I shouted at our nurse. I was like, I want an epidural. <laughs> and she starts laughing at me and she, cause we're friends. And she just looks at me and she's like, Sarah, I want you to get through this contraction. And then you can tell me if you really want an epidural. And I got through the contraction and I was like, I want an epidural. <laughs> So she went and called the anesthesiologist. And luckily, I did not have to wait very long. He was there within about 10 minutes. They got me out of the tub. They got me dried off. They got me back in bed. And having contractions while someone is trying to stick a needle in your back and you have to be completely still is so much more difficult than you think it's going to be. They tell you, like, don't move. And they try to time it between contractions. But when they're so close together, it doesn't work very well. And I, I think at that point, I was dilated to like a five. And then I got the epidural and immediately just felt like I could breathe again. <laughs> I turned to Peter and I was like, oh my gosh, why did I try to do this without drugs? <laughs> this feels so much better. <laughs> like I can breathe. They had me switch whichever side I was laying on. And they had this like big ball in between my legs. I don't remember what it was called, but it was shaped kind of like a peanut. I had an epidural to a point where like I could still feel my legs mm. and I could still feel the contractions, but they didn't hurt. So like I could still get up and walk to the bathroom with help even after I had my epidural in. Mm -hmm. Then I took a nap for a while because I was so tired. I wasn't feeling as much pain as I had been before. And then the next thing I remember I'm waking up, it's like 530 in the evening by this point. The midwife comes in and she checks me and she's like, okay, you're out of 10. We can probably start pushing pretty soon. She asked if I like felt the need to push, like if I was feeling that pressure. And I said, no, not yet. And so she gave me about another 45 minutes and said she was going to let baby just work down. And of course, we did not know we were having a daughter at this point because we didn't find out the gender. My husband, Peter, wanted to catch our baby and he had gotten permission from a midwife to do so. At about 6.30, I started pushing and they brought a mirror in mm. so I could see like everything that was That's happening. Amazing. And I did that for like 10 minutes and then it freaked me out so much that I was like, I need you to take this away. <laughs> like at first it was cool to see because you can kind of see like when you're pushing what works and what doesn't. But I did remember one of my really good friends who's had three children telling me, or now four children, she was like, when you push, you don't expect it to be the same muscles that you use to poop, but it mm -hmm. is. And I remember her telling me that. So I remember the first time I pushed, our my friend and our nurse was like, oh, wow, you know what you're doing. And I, <laughs> I told her why and she laughed and I pushed for a while. Then the, the next nurse came in because it was shift change, but our friend stayed, of course, because she wanted to see see baby get born. And so I had one nurse on one side, one nurse on the other side, and they're holding my legs up. And then the midwife and Peter are down full view <laughs> of my <laughs> vagina. It gets to a point where the baby's about to come out and it just burns so badly, even with the epidural, it just hurt so bad. And my midwife is like, okay, you need to stop pushing. And I shouted, I'm like, what are you kidding me? Get it out. <laughs> um, but of course, you know, she wanted me to stop pushing so that I wouldn't tear. And she was trying to help get baby's head out safely. And she got baby's head out. And then she let Peter catch baby. Peter immediately put baby on my chest. And we just looked at each other and we just started crying. And then I was like, wait, what is it? And Peter lifted up our baby's leg like a little dog to check if, it, if baby had a penis or a vagina. And then he turned to me and was like, Sarah, we have a daughter. 
we have a Claire. We have our Claire because that was the name we had picked out for a girl. And we just started bawling. And I remember just saying, hi, baby. Hi, baby. I love you, baby. I was so exhausted. And then, of course, you have to give the afterbirth, which didn't re- I, I think I barely had to push to get it out. She pretty, My midwife was pretty much able to just pull it out. But that was uncomfortable. I did not think it would hurt. But because, I mean, your body, that part of your body's already been through so much by pushing out a baby. And my epidural wasn't super strong, so I could still feel everything. It just wasn't super painful, but it hurt to have that happen. And then she showed it to me, which was super cool. And I do highly recommend it. It's a it's a cool experience. I mean, we didn't keep it because that's just not me. But <laughs> we got to see it, and that was weird. And then I had to get a couple of stitches. But otherwise... Um, I had a little bit of a hemorrhoid, but I didn't have too much damage down there. I had, I think, one first degree tear and that was about it. Um, So I got really, really lucky. And even though my baby was three weeks early, she was seven pounds, 12 ounces. So, oh my God, if she had been on time, she would have been huge. And it probably would have been a completely different story down there. But we got really lucky. And then the only problem was because she was so early, it's really common with babies that are born early that they have trouble latching. So we couldn't get her to latch for days and days and days. Um, I, I was exclusively pumping while trying to get her to latch the whole time we were in the hospital. um, She also had really bad jaundice because she was so early. So we had to, even after we were released from the hospital, we had to constantly like every, every day for about five days, take her back to the hospital, get her levels checked. We never ended up having to put her under like a, a UV light to get rid of the jaundice, but it was still really scary. And then our lactation consultant, finally, after five days of not being able to nurse and just exclusively pumping, gave us what's called a nipple shield, which literally saved my life because baby finally latched and she could eat. And because pumping is just not comfortable. I did not enjoy it in the couple days after giving birth when we were at the hospital. Like the whole time, I just felt so weepy and so sad and so scared and like, oh my God, how am I going to take care of this little human being? I don't know what I'm doing. And when I was just having to pump and having no luck nursing, I felt so defeated, upset. And looking back now, I should have realized that that was more than just the baby blues because the baby blues are very common. I mean, it's common to be emotional after giving birth. Your hormones just absolutely crash after you give birth stuff. But like the day we were released from the hospital, I was having like panic attacks because I was so scared of leaving. I was like, I don't know how I'm going to keep this person alive. She won't nurse. Like I have to pump and then like, I need all this help. Like I can't do it by myself. And when Peter went to go put everything in the car, I just started bawling because I was so scared to leave the hospital. You know, when they come in to check, like they come in to check you for postpartum depression, they ask you all these questions. And I lied on every single one because I felt so ashamed of the way that I felt. I urge any mom not to do that. You need to be honest because the sooner you can get help, the sooner that you can enjoy being a mom. Like I I loved my child, but I did not feel connected with her at first, which is totally normal. I mean, this is a new human being that you brought into the world that you have to get to know just like anyone else. If you're feeling more than just sad sometimes when you cannot feel happy moments at all, which is how I felt. Like I did not feel at all happy about having a baby in the room with me. The fact, like the idea of going home was terrifying. I was just paralyzed with fear and anxiety. That's not normal. And you need to tell your doctor. I mean, that's my story. It took me five months to get diagnosed with postpartum depression because I was so ashamed of how I felt. And I don't want anyone else to go through that. You can have a relatively 
quote unquote easy birth and still struggle. Yes, absolutely. So that's my that's my birth story. <laughs> Beautiful birth story. Hearing yours reminded me of all the things that I would have changed and the things I was really grateful for about my birth story. Like the fact that Peter caught her and that you had a midwife and so much female support is just really beautiful. I mean, it brought tears to my eyes hearing you say yeah, that. Yeah, Peter was the only testosterone in the room. He was the only testosterone in that room and I wouldn't have changed it for anything. The midwife and our nurse were incredible. I'm, I still love them so deeply and they will always be very special people in my heart because they brought that baby into the world and they got me through birth, which I did not think I could do. Yeah. I did not know that when you give birth, your doctor doesn't really do anything. At least they didn't for me. No, the nurses nurses do do everything. Specifically (laughs) in my situation, unfortunately, my husband was not the most present birth partner for me. And so it was really just me and my nurse the whole time. She was the one holding my hand. She was the one really staying connected to what my body needed and anticipating my needs and just really encouraging me, empowering me a very healthy way. Um, she actually stayed after her shift to help me deliver my baby. And we just sat there and cried together. And it was really, really beautiful having that female mm-hmm. encouragement. And looking back, I'm like, wow, that was just really powerful. Our nurse was, of course, a, a close friend of ours that we knew outside of the hospital. And I didn't actually know until later, but throughout like the whole process, she was taking photos mm-hmm. for me. And that wasn't something... I would want. I didn't think I'd want pictures of myself giving birth or of the first time that like Mm -hmm. we saw our daughter when Peter laid her on my chest. But now those are some of the most precious photos I have in my life because she took the time and she knew me well enough to know that's something that I would want, even if I didn't Mm -hmm. think that. A little different with a midwife, like our midwife was pretty present for most of like the tough contractions. She was there with my nurse and Peter all helping me get through it. As soon as like I was ready to push, she was there the whole time encouraging me. The nurses were encouraging me. And it's just an incredible experience to get to share that with with other women who, especially once they've already given birth and they know what you're going through and they're just so empowering when they're around you. Is there anything you would have changed like about your birth? Anything looking back, you're like, man, I wish I would have done this instead. I don't think so. I'm glad that I went into it in the mindset of like, I don't want to have medical intervention in terms of medicine, but then just listened to my body And honestly, I didn't have much of a birth plan other than I wanted to try and do it, quote unquote, naturally. Let's be real. Any form of birth is natural. It is. You gave birth. Um, (laughs) No matter what you use, it's natural. So I just really tried to listen to what my body needed at every point in time. And that worked really well for me. I guess the only thing I would change is just been honest about how scared and how unhappy I was feeling because then... I probably could have gotten help right away. And that would have made our transition home a lot, a lot easier. Yeah. I think for me, the only thing I would have changed is one, my mom wanted to be there for whatever reason. I did not want that. And so my mom left a few contractions in, a few pushes into me trying to deliver now, especially now since my mom is helping me raise my child. I really wish I would have included her in that. So looking back, I wish she had been there. And also, she also had offered to film and or take pictures. And for some reason, I always said no. And I'm like, man, that was so stupid. I have nothing of my amazing time, my amazing experience. I don't have anything but my own memories, which is fantastic. But it would be fun to share pictures of that with my daughter someday and say, I did this. And that was really cool. And you can do it too. And, you know. Yeah. And to show her like you were Wonder Woman right? for this day you really while do. you, you feel like a superhero. gave birth to her. You do. It's insane. It's the hardest and 
looking back, the most incredible thing that my body has ever done. Yes, 100%. And I remember when you were talking about your little tear, I totally skipped over the fact that I had an episiotomy. Like They were like, we're not even going to let you risk that because you're so messed up down there already. We're just going to slice you. And then see how that goes. Yeah, I had Ouch. phantom pain for a long time. And I still actually have phantom pain in one of my labias, which is interesting. Like when I'm on my period, sometimes I'll get like phantom pains there. It's weird what happens when you give birth, like the after effects and how long it stays with you. Because now moms, like if you talk to your mom about her labor, she's going to be like, oh, yeah, I did it. You know, <laughs> but a year later, you're like, I did this and this and this. And I remember this and this and this. So it's going to take decades for us to forget all of these things. The other thing that surprised me so much is I remember so many people telling me how quickly you forget how much it hurts to give birth. For me, I did actually forget really quickly. By the time she was like two months old, there was Mm -hmm. so much other stuff happening and so many other struggles that it just slipped my mind how much it hurt. But yeah, I mean, once you get swept into motherhood, yeah, this is like the first time I've sat down and really thought about my birth story since I gave birth probably because you're just so busy and your mind is doing a million things every single day you know (laughs) yeah peter had me actually write it out like two days after we got home he's like you need to write down everything that you were feeling that whole day like everything that happened because he he said you're not gonna want to forget it and i'm so glad he did yeah journaling has been like a big the first year motherhood highly recommend journaling just in life in general but really this is a special time and remembering your birth and the first couple months the big milestones it's really nice to have that to look back on I know in my journal for her I have one that I'm going to give to her someday and I even have like her first can of baby food on there like this is what you ate for the first time and when I look back in the pages I'm just like man this was been a really cool year we did a lot of really cool stuff and we did a good job I know we we you and I have a co-journal together that we've had for almost a year we did a year I know yeah this summer and yeah looking I when we because we use Google Docs, so we have to scroll through everything to get to the new page. But every once in a while, I'll stop on one and read it. And man, we've just it's just really crazy to see how far we've come and what we've been through. It's really, I'm really proud of us. We're doing a good job. I would wholeheartedly <laughs> agree. <laughs> Being mom is not easy. And it's it makes it a lot easier when you get to yes. go through it with someone yes. else. It's, and, you know, part of my birth story, I guess, is part of my lack of partnership. You know, I had a husband, but from literally the time we entered the hospital to, you know, when I left three, four months later, there wasn't the same partnership that most people think of. And having you and my family to talk to, to help me, you know, raise her and to be there in the ways, the classic ways you think of when you think of support for a mother and a child has really changed yeah. a lot of things. You know, it's been really amazing, to be honest, about just shifting that perspective of it doesn't have to be this specific person, but, you know, those roles are beautiful in whatever ways they come. And even when you have that specific person, like I do have Peter and he has been incredibly supportive throughout this whole experience of parenthood. It's always nice to have someone else, Mm -hmm. another woman who has experienced things that you have because you just have a different perspective on it than say a husband or a spouse. And I know for us, it's just been, it's been very cathartic to get to share what we're going through Mm -hmm. together, especially in our co-journal to just write it out, even though we can't talk every day because, (laughs) you know, motherhood is crazy. I highly recommend if you guys have a mom friend, start a co-journal, just write down what you're feeling that day. And then you're 
friend can read it mm-hmm. whenever they're available. And then you always kind of know what's happening in the other person's life. It and really it, does it really helps. Especially when it, I know that I'm a person who communicates in writing. I'm not very good verbally because <laughs> I can't really think of it. Yes. <laughs> and I'm the so opposite. Me, having a journal is really nice to like get down to like the nitty gritty of my feelings. Whereas here, it's kind of just like a word vomit. <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It's really giving birth is an adventure for sure. However you do it. We both chose hospital births. We both chose epidurals, you know, not intentionally. That's just what happened. And that's okay. If you are doing any way you do it, any way you do it. Yeah. If you're doing right it for home, you, if you're doing it in a taxi, if you're doing it in a lobby, if you're doing it, you know, in a tub on a bed with 10 doctors or a midwife or just your partner or nobody, I mean, you're giving birth and that is beautiful. We've been doing it for our whole creation, millions and billions of women have done it before you. So you know that it's possible. You're going to do a good job and you're going to be a good mom. And if you have already given birth, good job. Congratulations. And you're still doing a good job at being a mom. Yes. Claps for moms. All moms. Standing ovation every day of your life. Yeah, because we are, we're incredible creatures. Being a mom is so unique. It takes a village not only to raise a child, but a mother. We hope that you guys I'll join our village here at Mom Slap. Yeah, reach out to we us. Have Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. We have a website, momslap.com. We are here to be present and share, but real. I mean, we're not. We want to be real with you because that's life, especially right now. We need real life right now. If you have any, of course, any topic requests for future episodes, anything that you're really curious about that you want to know more from two moms who are in no way experts but are totally willing to share their raw, unfiltered take, please let us know check back next monday and for our next episode favorite mom moments which i'm super excited for yes. the there's fun. so many how are we gonna choose i don't know it'll be fun though i'll actually probably need to make a list this week so i don't forget yeah absolutely <laughs> all right everyone i'm sarah 